Hey there, welcome to Narrative Society. My name is Josh Bull and I'm so excited to be sharing this podcast with you. We live in a world full of stories, but our life is telling a story. And so that's what this podcast is all about, finding the power in our stories. And so in this first season, I want to share with you a little bit of my story, specifically around death, grief, and loss. So make sure you subscribe and get ready for the Narrative Society podcast. All right, friends, we're back. Uh, we do have air conditioning. No, can I turn it on? Can you hear Taylor talking right now? It's because we have Taylor Bull on Narrative Society. Welcome. Screaming. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's an honour to be here. <laughs> Sounds so professional. <laughs> Babe, what, what uh, is the situation of us recording this podcast right if now? If you could see us, you... You need to look at the microphone. Uh, if you could see us, you would die laughing. We've literally pulled over in the car in a parking lot at a local uh, supermarket. Car park, as Taylor has become American. All right, you with the American accent. Um, <laughs> we're in a, whatever, we're in a garage and it's 100 degrees and we are sweating trying to record this because it's the only, like, peaceful place that we can find right now. Yeah, where uh, if those who are just joining in and you haven't listened to the first few episodes, you need to go back and listen to them. But right now we're in Australia and we're with the in-laws and we're in beautiful Sydney, but it's just a little apartment and Eli's asleep and we need to get out of the house. So here we are in the car, just make it happen. Exactly. And Sydney is amazing. And today is actually the first sunny day out of a week of raining. So we're thanking God for that. Mm-hmm. So we're continuing on uh, talking about uh, the, the grief, death and loss. And um, I'm very excited to have Taylor here because this next story is pretty intense, but also probably some ridiculous, silly stories, babe. And so we're going to talk about the travel to Australia. And uh, so for those who, who reminder, my mum passed and then we had this crazy night and then the next morning we woke up to uh, fly to Australia. And so yeah. it, it was definitely intense. Um, people are walking past the car right now, it kind of feels a bit, a bit awkward, but we're going to keep recording and telling the story. But babe, I, I just wanted you to start off with yeah. the podcast. This is your first Narrative Society uh, episode. I've already said that. I truly am so excited. Um, and honestly, I just pray that if you are listening to this, it would bless you. And I don't know what journey you are on with grief and loss or just, you know, your story, whatever it may look like. Um, but I really believe that there is a purpose to your story and, and God can redeem all things. So I'm excited to jump in and share a little bit about what we have walked through this past season. So um, obviously you've listened or maybe you haven't. You can go back and listen to the past few episodes as Josh describes just those like first moments of finding out about his mum's death and maybe I can jump in another time and talk about like my perspective of those first few moments for sure um but we'll jump to the fact of we've found out Josh has picked me up we're at home some friends have come over um they've brought dinner and then the dust has kind of settled they've left I am standing in the kitchen and I'm thinking oh my gosh, like what in the world has just happened? We've just moved into our new house. So there's boxes literally everywhere. And I'm thinking I've got to pack to get to America. I like need to tell people that we're going. I need to like tell like our friends and the rest of our family that might not have heard the news that what is going on. So I felt like I just went into this like, I've got to get stuff done. I remember Josh, you looking at me just with like these eyes that I had just never seen before and I just remember you saying like can you take care of this 
like, can you take care of the next little bit? And I remember just feeling like the sense of like, yes, like I can do that, like for you in this like next season. So I was just like, honestly trying to deal with my own sense of grief, but also the sense of like the rest of the family is kind of relying on me to be able to like pull us together and bring us to the airport and get us sorted. So I'm just trying to keep my mind occupied, like what needs to be done, writing to-do lists, like not really slowing down. Um, And I remember just like unpacking boxes and thinking like, okay, maybe if I can just get a house in some sort of order, it won't feel so chaotic when we come back. Or maybe like when Josh wakes up in the morning, it will feel like less chaotic. And um, I just remember opening up this one box and it was full of kitchen stuff, but then there was like this card And I thought, oh, that's so odd. Like, what's this card? And I remember picking it up. And this is just one of those moments where I'm convinced it was like a wink from heaven, like little miracles, like wrapped up in this whole story of grief and loss that just you can't make up. And that like God's hand, I feel like truly proved to be so near during like my personal heartbreak. And the card, I opened it and it was a Christmas card. How it ended up in that box, I have no idea. We'll never understand. But it was a Christmas card and it was written from Josh's family the year prior. So we're coming up to Christmas time now. And last year around that time, we were really praying through, like, do we commit to make America our home or do we come back to Australia? And Josh had been offered a job in Australia and we had prayed about it and we had decided, like, that wasn't what God was, like, leading us to do and we wanted to commit to America. And in the card, um, Joe had written a note to both of us and it said, hey, like, Merry Christmas. I wish I had the card right now. And it said, although I was excited about the thought of having you two close right now, I know that you being in America is like exactly where God would have you. And I'm so proud of you. I just remember reading that and thinking like, God, like what, what timing is that? Like, that's incredible because all I kept thinking since I found out was like, oh my gosh, like what would have happened if we had have chosen to stay in Australia? Like what would have happened if we could have spent those last years with her? What would have happened if we could have spent those last moments with her? But like feeling so conflicted because I was like, God, I know that you had called us here, but like you also knew that Joe's time was coming to an end it made no sense and it just was like this reminder that Joe was so proud of us and God knows everything and he's still in control even when it doesn't make sense so I mean I could tell you a thousand different stories just like that Hmm. where the God winks miracle winks started working and I remember rushing into the bedroom and Josh was in bed just obviously like distraught and like do you remember that yeah I think uh like while you're telling that story all of it kind of feels like a blur but I also felt like I had such confidence in you of uh I'm gonna get emotional but just like you you were the rock and I had such immense trust in you that I felt like my my eyes were like just spinning and in a daze but I, I then had yeah such confidence in you of getting it all ready and then I, I I yeah I remember you showing me that card and probably bursting into tears again yeah and but you you were the rock through it well now we're both sitting in this parking lot crying as people are walking past but it's just like 
that is kind. I definitely did not feel like a rock, but I felt like as cheesy as it sounded that like God gave me like a supernatural strength to be able to do things that needed to be done. Because like the, the hard thing about grief and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this know is like when grief hits, like things still need to be done. Yeah. And it's like, you don't always have the luxury of just being able to break down as much as I wish that like every single person could and you could like have as long as you should sometimes like flights need to be booked and I remember running into the suitcase running into the bedroom and like opening up our suitcase and thinking like okay I need to throw clothes in here like we've got to go yeah so just kind of felt like running on adrenaline for so long so yeah, you, you definitely you put the team on your back and carried us wow. through it. And so let, let's let's then talk about like yeah. the things we had to do and and the, the have to do is and I talked about this that obviously we're in the states, my family's in Australia, and I remember going to bed that night after hanging out with Austin and Kurt and you coming in and packing and just waking up that next morning and, and you just jump in whenever you want of telling part of this story. But yeah. like we had to fly to fly to America, uh, Australia. Sorry. And I remember waking up that morning like in bed, you were already out of bed or something. And like my eyes physically like hurt so much from mm. all the tears. Like I felt like I'd been punched in my eyes. My, my, uh, my eyes were like puffy. And it was, it was, and I, I remember waking up just feeling like, damn, this wasn't actually a, a yeah. nightmare. Like it's real life. Yeah. And, and I think for you, like I, could probably count on one hand not even two fingers the amount of times I'd ever seen you cry and how long had we been married at that stage maybe five years yeah probably something like that and I couldn't even like I could tell you yeah maybe two times that I'd seen you cry so I just think for you it unleashed this like whole new wave of like emotions of like wow this is what it's like to cry and this is what it's like to feel puffy eyed in the morning just a foreign feeling for you but, but you saw me cry a lot more after that i did now you know it's endless which is amazing well endless. yeah i don't know about that but, uh but anyway we woke up yeah right, let's tell some of the story so so we woke yep. up that morning and then i hear some voices out in the lounge and you were already outside uh, with Chance and Peter, uh, my, my brother and sister-in-law, your, yes. your sister, brother-in-law. Yeah. And we'll, we'll tell you more about them in a second. But I go to the bathroom. I, like, wash my face. It hurt to wash my eyes. I threw some clothes on and just was like, man, I don't have to go see people talk about this mm. thing that's going on. We walk out and there's you, Shans, and, and Peter and little Sage who are these people yeah so it was absolutely just like mind-blowing the timing of all of this but my sister and her husband and their daughter sage my niece were actually in the states and they were spending three months living like 20 minutes away from us to just spend time with us and just to hang out with us and honestly we had so much fun over that like season and they our time was actually wrapping up they were headed back Um, But the ironic thing is my family were, my parents were actually on their way to 
America to have Christmas with all of us. So this is something that we had, like, planned and dreamt of and just, like, was so pumped. We had just moved into this house. Like, I was getting the guest room ready. I remember going to Walmart and buying, like, a soap dispenser and a toothbrush holder. Like, we're getting ready to, like, host this Christmas and just can't believe the miracle that my whole family, like, my family is just my sister and I and my parents are all going to be in America for Christmas. Um, And now... I'm looking at Shans and Peter and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like that's not going to happen. Like we're about to fly back to Australia. You're about to be in America. And then it just like dawns on me. Oh my gosh, my mom and my dad are actually on a plane right now to America to come join us for Christmas. So that in itself was like a complete head spin. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get hold of them and tell them what was going on. They were already like at the airport about to board the plane. So it just was like kind of chaotic. But my sister is just an absolute like phenomenal woman. And she helped navigate a lot of like things with me preparing for the trip. But they were in our house helping us get ready, packing, comforting us. My sister was massive strength to me. And we thought, okay, well, let's go to the airport. Yeah. So we got in the car. Yep, I sat next to Little Sage in the back, I think. I don't know, I can't remember. But yeah. Sage was like this random house. She was like two at the time or something. Yeah, she just turned two. I remember, I remember so distinctly coming out and Sage like running to give me a hug. And yeah. it was this like beautiful moment of she has no idea the pain that we're going through. But like she just is this bundle of joy running yeah. towards us. And like I, I often will, I, ran, I, I haven't even told you this, but like I, I often when I think back to my mom, even remember how much joy Sage yeah. brought in that time. And I think it's like a cool picture of uh, in painful circumstances, we can be carriers of joy or run from it and just pre- pretend like it's not a real thing. And Sage yeah. was like this little bundle of like, hey, even in the mess, even, I'm just, and obviously she doesn't think about this, but like, she brought me so much happiness yeah. and joy of just like a hug. And then we're in this car randomly driving to this the airport. And it's like, what do you talk about when, when your mom's just died? It's like, <laughs> yeah, how nice is the weather? Or whatever. I don't know. But Sage but is just Sage, being silly. Yeah. And, we went and, to Chick-fil-A and Sage was eating all the fries and Yeah, I remember being like silly. not really wanting to talk. And so I was just in the playground with Sage playing with her and Yeah. Shans and Peter were amazing through through all of it and they were so so helpful. But then they dropped us at the airport and this is where the most ridiculous part of uh, yeah. the story oh my gets in. So this is this is really why Taylor's of this episode because I was an absolute blur. Like <laughs> I, I I probably said things I shouldn't have said, I don't know, but I I just couldn't comprehend really what was going on. So, Taylor, uh, t- tell us a, a little bit about the, the journey to Australia. Yeah, so it started off pretty smooth. So, obviously, we're, like, tired eyes. Like, I'm still checking. Oh, my gosh, should I pack our passports? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> our flights are all booked for us. So, like, the itinerary yeah. was set. And so we just had to get there. But then it kind of went downhill pretty quick. I know it's probably cliche, but we truly did have, like, an army of people helping us. Um, with that for which I will be like forever grateful for but um so I remember getting to the airport and it all seemed pretty smooth we were flying from Greenville to Charlotte and so Greenville's like the closer airport to us and that went pretty smooth I remember we like got on the flight everything was on time and everything was good and I don't I don't know if the reality had like fully sunk in yet it was just like the short flight we got to Charlotte 
And this is kind of just where it all went downhill. And I, like, regardless, this would have been, like, the worst flight of my life. But if Josh's mum had not passed away, this still would have been the worst flight of my life. Like, <laughs> it definitely it was ranks as the worst travel we've ever experienced. The worst travel experience, like, hands down. Still feel a bit traumatised by it. Um, it was just hard and heavy and sad. <laughs> and it felt cruel at times. Yeah. But... Anyway, so we got to Charlotte. We wait and wait and wait because our flight is delayed. So I remember, like, lining up and realising, like, our we're not seated together. So first of all, I'm like, okay, like, I'd really love to be sitting next to Josh on this flight. And they're like, sorry, ma'am, like, we're fully booked. Like, you can't sit together. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, we'll survive. We'll fly from Charlotte to L.A., maybe like a five-hour flight and then we'll hopefully get to sit together from LA to Sydney sorry LA to Brisbane so anyway the flight's delayed but we finally get on and the whole time I'm checking to make sure okay if our flight is delayed are we still going to make our LA flight Mm. and so far we have hours so I'm like okay yeah we'll be fine like we'll easily make it even sorry to interrupt you even something before you talk about being on the plane was you talked about being delayed, like in the uh, whatever it's called, the lounge. And I, for whatever reason, like some people had started posting about my mum's passing, like on Facebook yeah. or in like my aunties and uncles, and had this like weird moment, like, do I post anything yeah. or, or I we'd obviously both of us been swarmed with like texts and people reaching out to us, but this would be like our first like public yeah. statement, I guess. And just this weird, um, not that it made it real, and I was so cautious to like post quickly, and I, but it felt like okay, now words spreading like really crazy, and just like writing this little paragraph, posting on my Instagram, and just how it it just. Uh, was another like crushing thing to feel like now that the world knows that yeah. mom's gone and there is something I think to this that that idea of of publicizing pain and yeah. and it's not just um you personally and I, I don't know even how I would articulate but it was just something so defeating to admitting the reality of this mm. of it to the world um and I do remember that because mm. I remember sitting on the plane and just like because we weren't sitting together and I remember like refreshing your Instagram and like reading the comments and it just feeling so real seeing like the people that we love and like on Facebook like our inner circle knew like our close friends knew our church family knew but now like yeah you're right the world knew and the world had already found out because other people have been posting but it did. It just felt like very real. But I remember feeling also like comfort in reading people's like encouragement and memories. And this was only the beginning and it was starting to trickle in. And it just made me realize like how much people cling to words when like the hurt and pain come in. Because I remember some of the text messages I got. Like, I still remember, like, who texted me and, like, some of what they said. Like, it was that deep and impacting. Yeah, for sure. I don't know, and it just completely changed the way I looked at, like, texting people and commenting and, like, messaging people when they're going through something. Oftentimes I feel like I wouldn't because I wouldn't know what to say. But I just learned, like, to acknowledge somebody's pain when they're, like, going through something means the world to them. 
and can feel like healing balm. So now I just always, I don't know, it's just changed the way I look at like acknowledging people's pain. Yeah. You don't have to have the right words, but you just acknowledge the pain. So. Yeah. But keep, so keep, we get keep on the going flight. with the flight. We get on the flight and we get on the flight. <laughs> Sorry, Josh is pointing at me because I'm not I'm like, she looking, keeps looking in. away from off, off into space and not I'm speaking to the microphone. We get on the plane and um, basically, I've never experienced this. It sounds like I'm about to tell a joke. It's so ridiculous. We've hyped it up. <laughs> no, it does. So, anyway, we're on the flight and it's still like delayed. We're like not moving at all. We're so, just sitting on the tarmac. Yeah. So, it's been about 45 minutes and I'm like, what is going on? Like, what's happening? Suddenly, the air hostess comes across the speaker and says, hey, there's a weight distribution issue and we can't take off until we can, like, fix the weight on the plane. And I thought, like, have I heard that correct? Like, we're, what? So, so then she starts calling people out from their seat. Publicly shaming them. Yeah. Bobby uh, on seat forty E. You have to get up because you're too heavy. She doesn't say you're too heavy, but I mean, like, what else? Why else is Bobby getting up? It's like there's a weight distribution issue. So that takes a long time. And then we finally get the weight sorted. They're like moving. They were taking suitcases. Yeah, it was crazy. And I just like never even heard of this before. And then they're swapping people's seats. They're telling people they need to get off the flight. So some guy is like being told he has to get off the flight. And he's like yelling at the air hostess. Like, why the hell do I have to get off the flight? Too many cheeseburgers. And I'm like, if they dare call like me or Josh, like it's going to be over. And then... At this point, I'm, like, checking to see, like, are we going to make it? Are we going to make it? And we still have, like, what, another hour or two hours? And then this is where it gets blurry. Did we have to get off the flight and back on the flight? No, we just sat there. But I truly think we sat there for close to four hours, like, on the plane. Yeah. I watched nearly two movies. It was to the point where we were about to have to get off because they said the toilets couldn't handle any more water pressure while we were still like stationary like it wouldn't be able to take us to LA and sustain it they were going to reach like the limit of like what the aircraft can sit on a tarmac for with people Mm. I don't know it kind of feels blurry but it was a long time to the point now where my phone is dying I don't have like and 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 we haven't said this but like obviously we're trying to get back to Australia but the flight in LA is literally flies out at like midnight, so it's the last flight going to Australia, meaning we'd have to then stay another night. So that's yeah. why we were so precious about getting on this flight to LA. We were also trying to get back to Australia by Australia December 23 because we wanted to make Josh's little sister's Christmas play. Yeah. So there's like so many reasons we wanted to get back. And that Christmas plays, I can't remember if I spoke to her in the first or second episode, but in essence, Georgia had been, got this role in this play and my mum had been like hyping up how excited yeah. she was for Georgia to be there and, and mum would text me and be so excited and obviously now my mum's not going to be in the auditorium watching Georgia yeah. and so we were like, man, we want to be there for Georgia who, who had decided to keep going with it. Um, so yeah, we're sitting there for four hours. Yeah. Tell, tell him what the pilot said to you. Remember he came out and talked to you? Well, that was at, in L.A. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm well, talking okay. story, but we'll, we'll get there in a second. So anyway, we basically they start saying, hey, anybody with connecting flights, we need to, like, work something out. Because, like, at this point it's been out. So I'm now have opened up my laptop. I've paid for 
Wi-Fi. We've finally taken off and I paid for Wi-Fi and I've worked out we're going to miss our flight in LA. And that like sinking, daunting feeling like washes over my body and I feel like just speechless of like, you have got to be kidding me. We wasted so much time doing who knows what and now we're going to miss like our chance to be able to get home for something like so significant like I just feel mad I feel enraged I'm not near Josh so I feel like I'm starting to feel my like own sense of emotions and feel like I can just you know experience things like unfiltered with myself and I just remember sitting on the plane like throughout the air once I had realized like we were going to miss our flight in LA and just crying (laughs) I remember thinking the person next to me must think I'm an absolute psychopath like searching this flight on my laptop I'm like texting everybody I can through iMessage to see if they can help find a flight and just like weeping like can't control myself just like feel so overwhelmed with grief and emotion and yeah I just remember feeling like paralyzed so finally the air hostesses start talking to people about connecting flights and they've got like a way to connect with people at LA and essentially they just say to me like we're so sorry ma'am like you're gonna miss the flight like the flight's gonna leave um but when you arrive we'll get you a new boarding pass and we'll put you on a flight the next day and I just knew there was like no other option I'd search to see if there were any other flights there weren't so it just was like the reality hit and it sucked it did and it was it was uh one Taylor's like uh um like a wizard of Oz ability to work out travel itineraries and things and so uh, I just sitting at the back, truly like a daze. I, I, I cannot tell you who was sitting there. I can't even barely, barely remember it. So I feel like the people around me would be like, "What's wrong with this guy?" Um, but I, but I specifically remember on the, on the Charlotte flight to LA, like how silly the circumstances were. But just thinking, like, do these people even care? Like, that's what I, yeah. I, I was like. I'm teary. I've got my hoodie over my head. Like, my eyes are puffy, and just angry at the people around me and they obviously have no control but just like angry at the world that my mom was gone and I feel like my heart's in a thousand pieces and you and me are separated and you're crying and I'm crying and and just this idea and I'll it's forever changed like the way I live of of um the people even care about other other people of Uh, you just never know the story that that people have like I think specifically with with flights it's it's everyone's on a destination and a journey going somewhere yeah and some people might be going on their honeymoon some people might be going to see family some people might be going on a business trip or like us we're flying home to go do a funeral of my dead mom and yeah it, it sucks and it's just like I, I I hope that people and we did experience like compassion and empathy from people but then also there were some people who just like didn't yeah. care at all <laughs> and it's just like man we never know what people are going through in yeah. the story that they're, they're walking through and on that flight just feeling like on an island of yeah. pain yeah it's so true I'll, yeah you just never know what people are going through so we finally touched down in LA and we get off and they have, like, a station set up for when we exit the plane. They give us a new boarding pass. They're, like, ready and set to go. And so our flight now leaves the next day at the same time. It's, like, 8 p.m. L.A. time, which would have been midnight our time. And so then they tell us to, like, line up at this American Airlines station so we could get, like, food vouchers and, like, a hotel voucher. 
So at this point, I we like land and my phone has like blown up because my parents have also landed in LA. At this point, like that just feels like a foreign thought. Like I haven't even really like comprehended the fact that my parents have landed in LA. So the only like plus side was, okay, well, at least now we could maybe just like hug my parents on the way out. Mm-hmm. So they tell us where they're staying. It's obviously, like, really late, so they go to bed. Um, I tell them we're probably going to stay overnight. Like, we might be able to see in the morning. They're, like, so compassionate, so understanding. Like, I'm feeling so guilty myself. I'd never say this out loud, especially not to you, Josh, in the moment, but I'm feeling so guilty myself that they've flown all the way here and they don't don't get to see us. But obviously they just, like, completely understand and they're going to go see my sister and they're going to make the most of like this trip. They've offered to like come back to Australia. We've told them to just stay, stay in America because they've landed. So anyway, we go line up in this American Airlines light thing. It looks like there's a thousand people in the line. It's like the 22nd of December, Christmas carols are playing. It's like the holiday rush. Like everything you see in a movie of LAX is happening right now. There's dogs, there's babies, there's crying, there's, elderly people it's just like mayhem so we line up all these flights are delayed like it's just chaos so we line up and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and we probably wait for like what 45 minutes or so yeah and then it just like dawns on me I have like only taken the air hostess's word that we've missed our flight like the flight time has gone so like it would make sense that we would have missed the flight they've given me a new boarding pass But there was just, like, some feeling I had in the pit of my stomach. Like, what if the L.A. flight has got delayed? Like, what if we could still make the flight? So I remember, like, Googling the flight number and seeing, like, delayed. At this point, the air hostess has told me the flight has taken off when we landed in L.A. But this on, like... Weren't you, like, yelling with the air hostess? Not yet. So <laughs> not yet. And 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 while Taylor is doing this, I'm literally lying on the carpet on the floor like yes. a zombie. This is that was the pinnacle of like my exhaustion. Yeah. Cause because you're just running on this, I don't know, adrenaline slash yeah. like you just have to survive, like we talked about at the beginning. It's like you just have to do whatever you can yeah. to get there. And so now I'm just on the carpet again, full trust in Taylor to figure it out. And I just randomly felt so hopeless that I wanted to be there for my my family. I can't. Yeah. I start crying again. Mm. And, but I just, it was again. And then you all of a sudden appeared like, hey, we got to go. I was like, we might make the flight. And you're like, what? And I'm like, it looks like it's delayed. And I couldn't find anybody to help me. So I ran up to this other American, well, this whatever airline desk And I'm like, excuse me, can you please tell me, like, QF12 to LA to Sydney, has it, like, left? And she's like, no, like, it is delayed. I'm like, the air hostess told me it had already taken off. And she's like, they were about to, but they've delayed. So I'm like, how do I get there? And then she's like, wasn't trying to help me. So I'm, like, getting mad. And I'm like, please just tell me, like, I can't find it on the board. Like, tell me, like, has it taken off? She's like, no, it hasn't. So anyway, I, like, find out the number. She, like points us in our direction and we start running josh is like what the hell am i running for i'm like just run like we might make the flight and so we run across lax to the international department like the biggest, uh, airport in the airport world it feels long. like taylor's little tiny legs are running as best as she can josh is an athlete and i am unfit and i literally 
thought to myself the whole time, like, I'm going to vomit, I'm going to vomit, I'm going to vomit. I think we had a fight while we were running, didn't we? We did. We did. Cause we were, I, like, yelling at each other. Because Josh is just, we just, our bodies are very different, and I can't run, but I wanted to, but I just, like, physically couldn't, like, keep up with Josh. What were we yelling about that? I think so. I think you were being mean to me. I was. I was like, I had to apologize. I like took my anger out in this like split moment on Josh. And I don't think I've ever felt like more of a worse human that I had yelled at my husband as he was grieving about like him running ahead of me. And I literally had to stop and apologize and say, I'm so sorry. I'm exhausted. Like I just should not have said anything. We definitely had some weak moments. And you forgave me. Praise God. Praise God. I'm a perfect person. (laughs) So anyway, we arrived at the gate Finally, and the guy says to us, Are you Mr. and Mrs. Bull? And I felt like, Praise God, like it felt like we'd just hit heaven. Like we were gonna, we were gonna make the flight, and we, I could see the flight. Like, I could see the plane, the the two guys talking to us, and I was like, Yes, like we are, we're Mr. and Mrs. Bull. It's like a scene in the movie, there was literally no one in that wing of the airport, it was pitch black at night. And we're running, we see these two guys, yep. the plane's there, and it's like, praise God. We're we going to make it. the Christmas play. We're going to make the Christmas play. And I thought, we're going to make the Christmas play after I vomit. <laughs> so I said, yeah, that's us. Say, say that's us. So the other lady from the earlier, like, gate had called and said we were on our way, but we had to run so far. It took us a long time. And he says, I'm so sorry. Like, we tried to hold the plane as long as we could. And as he's saying this, the plane is, like, reversing out. And we, like, watch it, like, start to hit the runway. And I just cry. The slim, this slight glimmer of hope we had just gets snuffed. Yep. And we watch the plane that we should be on drive off, yep. drive off. And I am fuming. I'm, like where do I even start? Like, we would have made the flight if the air hostess earlier hadn't given us a new boarding pass. We're asking I, to bring the plane back. Yeah, I'm like, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. I'm hysterical. Like, we haven't slept. It's now, like, maybe 2 a.m. in the morning, our time. And he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And then um, I just can't keep thinking, like, we would have made it if I hadn't have lined up in that stupid line trying to get, like, our hotel and food vouchers thinking the plane had left. It was there all along. And so he just said, like, there's nothing we can do, but instead of walking all the way back to that American Airlines desk, it's going to be way quicker. If you walk with me, we exit the airport and we re-enter the airport. It'll be a much shorter journey because I thought, like, oh, my gosh, walking that all again, like, I am going to pass out. So he takes us and he walks us out of the airport and then and just points at it and says, "It's over there. Go there." Yeah, he says. He says, "Go walk back in. Go through security, and then you'll be like back at the American Airlines, and they'll reissue you your tickets." Because I think I might have left the boarding pass or something. I don't know. We had to go back in to get stuff and a hotel room. All that. And anyway, he walks us. We're walking over. I think that's when we kind of had a little chuckle in the midst of the craziness <laughs> to each other of the. Obviously, we were so upset, but I think that's when maybe you apologise. I don't know. It was just I like think then I apologise. Two to minutes Josh. of kind of quiet, feeling absolutely depleted and, and hopeless, and then we walk in. And it just gets even worse. That there's no security, there's no way to go in, and so we're literally in this tiny slither in LAX, uh, where you would normally check in, and there's no one to be seen. Yeah. 
then finally we find like a cleaner or someone and they're like yeah it's all closed the, the terminal's closed and we're like but we need to get back in there we were just inside he's like why did you leave if yeah. you were inside I was like the guy told us it would be quicker and so and he's like no like security's closed for the next two hours we shut down from like 2am to 4am nobody can come through and I break down again I was so mad yeah. at that point so this this like two hour window uh, was probably the most strong like Taylor is very you are very strong willed in your own right and a very powerful woman but like it was level super sane like I'm gonna get ish ha- moving right now and I'm again zombie mode just lying on the tiles feeling def- def- deflated and I don't know how many conversations you had or what but I just remember like falling asleep yeah. with my head on, yeah. on the literally on the floor in in the terminal um, but you were like a super superhero in it. Well, I was trying anything I could. I was on the phone to people back in Anderson. I was trying to speak to like anybody I could to get us through to the airport and it just felt like all my efforts were just like falling flat on its face. And it just felt like one of those moments where it was like, God, like you have to help, like you have to come through. And it truly was like in those moments, I've like, don't think I've ever been more mad or like frustrated because I literally couldn't help but blame people. And that's just like never a helpful or healthy spot to be in. But I'm like so bitter about like what has taken place. Like I'm looking at you weeping, falling asleep on the tiles outside LAX we have to get inside to secure our now seat for the next day. I wasn't going to risk losing our flight the next day. We needed to get the hotel, the food, and we just had to wait. I remember, like, finally somebody started working at the air hostess, like, area, and they, like, started checking people in security. And I had, like, one of, like, my weakest moments that I'm, like, the least proud of, and I remember yelling my frustrations at this lady at like customer service and she may or may not have yelled back at me she told you you were lying yep and I said no like I'm not lying like this is exactly what happened like look at the security cameras please just like make sure we're on a flight tomorrow and it just was like crazy and I just still throughout it all felt like this still small whisper of like it's gonna be okay like you can take a breath and it's going to be okay. Hmm. And it was okay. It just didn't feel like it in the moment. No, we, we were literally in LAX, I don't know, two weeks ago when we were flying out to Australia. And I, I had this moment where I felt like almost just crippling anxiety. We had Eli. We were obviously on this excited trip going back yeah. to Australia. But we walked, like we went through that yeah. little area in LAX. And I remember looking at the exact part of the airport where I... Uh, I had fallen asleep and saw the check-in areas where you were yelling and and just it but it was also like this crippling anxiety of just I, I almost my was body was taken back to that mm. moment of the pain and the yeah. the hopelessness and all that stuff but um also just like now fast forward a few years of just you and I then were in like the literal belly of the pit yeah. of grief and pain and hopelessness and as you said like you just have to wait yeah, but also, I think, and I hope you would say the same. But like that, going through that fire together made our marriage stronger. Oh, yeah. it, it made us better, stronger. and like God again proved Himself to be true. Oh yeah, even though we didn't know. It. And sometimes in life, you have to just wait. 
yeah. and you don't you don't have things in control and, and and you have all these expectations and they come crumbling down it's like god meets you in the fire like those moments lying on the floor in LAX yeah. yelling at uh air ladies and it's just one of those moments in my life where I, like the specific on the tires lying down mm. of feeling like my mom was so far we were trying to run into like a storm of being back to Australia but we couldn't and now we're just utterly helpless and like God you have to come through and and he's done that time and time again yeah I think like and even listening to this you might be like oh that like isn't that crazy of a story but I just remember thinking like this is the craziest moment of my life like everything compiled together I felt so out of control and I usually love to feel in control like I have travel plans I have itineraries like I like to dot my I's, cross my T's. And it was in that moment, like, standing, like, having that argument with the airline, thinking, I'm so out of control. Like, I control nothing. And just realising, like, God controls everything. So I could trust, like, that still small voice in, like, my spirit saying, like, it's going to be okay because I knew that, like, I could not orchestrate a thing by myself. Like, I'm not in charge of, like, who lives and who dies and if we get on a plane or if we don't. Like, at the end of the day, like, my biggest realisation and takeaway from that, like, 24 hours travel experience was, like, I am not in control and I never will be. And LOL at me if I ever think that I'm in control. And I think it puts even greater trust of who is in control. Yeah. And, yeah, it's everything is in reflective and, and hindsight, but whatever your painful story that you maybe are going through right now or or as listening to this or maybe you once did it may not everything feel may feel like it's falling through your hands Mm. but that's that's what it felt like for us it did it felt like i was holding sand and the sand was going through my hands and i was trying so hard to catch a grain Mm -hmm. and i couldn't yeah but in that like analogy it's like but we were standing and have built our lives upon the rock of jesus and and he sustained his his grace was with us yep. and so i just say for you right now is you may not the grains might be slipping through your hands but god will sustain protect and, and he is your refuge He is the one that you can find comfort in yeah. um, and ultimately he's in control yep. like he he is in control and as corny as this sounds even just like the analogy of the grains of sand like slipping through our fingers like I felt like I couldn't catch the grains of sand but like I am just like reminded by the fact that like we have a God that knows exactly how many grains of sand are on the beach like he knows the details and he knows your heartache and he knows exactly what you're going through and that was the only comfort even if I didn't feel it that was the only comfort was like believing that truth Mm -hmm. knowing that like I wasn't alone yep and so we, we got the hotel keys, we ended up in the hotel room, and we will tell you more of the story on the next part of this episode yeah. because this is definitely a bit of a bit of a longer one. Yeah, but sorry about that. No, That's what happens when Taylor joins. It's, it's good. It's I good. might be booted. No, she's she's gonna be around for plenty more. So but I, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We're gonna share part two of the travel journey because there are some funny, crazy parts of the story. Um, to continue on with telling you as we flew to Australia. And so um, any parting words for this episode, babe? We'll see you on the next one. See you on the next one. All right. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. I wanted to let you know that I've created a free resource for you. It's a grief toolkit that you can download at joshuaball.org. So go grab that and I'll see you on the next episode.